Welcome to On The Spot with Melinda Garvey's 50th episode special. Every week, Melinda sits down with another inspiring female role model. But we at On The Dot know that Melinda is quite the inspirational woman herself. For our 50th episode, Terry McCormick, the chief audio engineer for On The Dot, as well as close personal friend, sits down with Melinda Garvey to discuss her journey to success. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode of On The Spot, now available every Thursday on your favorite podcast streaming services. Without further ado, let's start the show. Welcome, everyone. I am your host for On The Spot, Melinda Garvey. And today, we actually have a really special episode. It is our 50th episode. It's hard to believe we've been doing this nearly a year, and it's pretty exciting. We've interviewed some absolutely amazing role models, and we've been so excited to be able to bring those to you. But today is actually really special because not only is someone going to be interviewing me, talking about sort of all the the why behind On The Dot and what we've been doing, but the person that's interviewing me is super special and I get to introduce her to you today. Her name is Terry McCormick. And by day, she is a morning radio show host and has done that for years and years and is always the most fabulous in every city that she's in. But she has also been behind the scenes at On The Dot since day one. So over three years, she's the one who makes our sound sound good and takes out all my blips and lip smacks and all the crazy stuff and and my mispronunciations and sometimes my swear words. Right, Terry? (laughs) Right. I've got the tapes, Melinda. I know. She could totally blackmail me on a lot of things, but welcome, Terry. I'm so excited to be doing this with you. There would be no other person I would rather have interview me. And of course, you have mad skills in this area. So I got to be on my toes today, but welcome. And I'm so glad to be able to introduce you to everybody. Well, thank you so much, Melinda. As you know, I was in Austin for 10 years before I moved here to Omaha doing morning radio there as well. And I remember, I was just thinking about this the other day when I knew I was going to do this interview. When I first moved to Austin in 2006, of course, I had to find a hair salon. We all do when we move to a new city. And I'm sitting in this hair salon and there's this magazine there. And it was an Austin woman magazine. And I remember picking it up and guess who was on the cover? I don't know, 2006. Kendra Scott. Kendra, okay. So here to a powerful woman who in the 13 years or so since then, you've all just grown your brand and it's just been amazing. So it's really an honor for me to interview you as well because time flies. Gosh, it does. That was, I mean, that was a long time ago. And funny enough, I actually interviewed Kendra. She spoke at one of our events about a year ago and we were both laughing because she said, Melinda, you put me on the cover when I couldn't pay my payroll taxes. Like I thought I was going to go under and I thought, is this lady crazy? She's putting me on the cover of a magazine. And I said, well, you know, me, like, I just knew, I knew you were going to be that unicorn. And of course, you know, now there aren't too many people, certainly in the U.S., but now around the world that don't know about Kendra. So proud of her. But I first saw her on the cover of your magazine, Melinda. So there you go. Back even 13 years ago and going way back for us. I mean, women in media, I know when I got into radio, there weren't very many women on the radio. And the same with media itself. And from the beginning, I mean, before Austin Woman and On The Dot took off, what made you decide to take on media? I mean, was it something that you've always wanted to do? Or was this something you kind of stumbled into? How did you start your empire? Where did that first little light switch go off for you? I love that, my empire. I'm going to (laughs) talk, my empire. That, That has a nice ring to it, Terry. 
Well, you know, interestingly, no, I didn't take any media classes or that really wasn't on my mind. I came from the ad agency side. So that's sort of media, but I was on the account side. And I guess that's really where I learned about it. You know, I was, you know, an account executive at an advertising agency in my first job out of college. I actually was the account executive on the US Air account. And so it was pretty crazy. Let me tell you, like this is back in... 1989 was when I started. I graduated from college, went right into this job as a junior account executive. And this was the time during all the fair wars. And we really didn't have the internet like we have it today. There was no digital downloading. I mean, we were on paper copies doing fair wars. We were up till three, four in the morning every night. You know, those crazy like Mad Men agency stories you hear about? Literally, I kind of lived through that last wave of that because that's how it was and super male dominated, you know, definitely a lot of crazy, interesting. The head client at the US Air account was a woman and I learned so much from her. She was feisty. She was a powerful woman. I look back now and I'm like, dang, I wish like what I know now and sort of how I view with this empowerment lens on versus, you know, when I was just out of college, I was like, man, she was scary. Well, she really wasn't scary. She was tough. I mean, she was so tough. And I remember her taking me to New York for a fashion shoot and she taught me how, of course, this this is also going to be a throwback, how you went and got a $20 bill change into all ones so you could tip you know, a dollar to the doorman. I, I didn't know any of this. Like she taught me all these things. And I think back about how I was so terrified of her and she did make me cry several times. But in a way, she still was that role model of really what a strong woman really had to be to be able to stand out back then. So interestingly, you know, I'm at the agency for about four years. At the end of that, I was the senior most account executive on an $80 million account. Like really no 25 year old should be, I mean, it was just one of those times. It was crazy. And you know, a lot of burnout. And at that time I actually had a friend who there was a job at a daily newspaper and she said, well, there's this marketing job over here. You know, you've had this agency background. We like hiring agency people. And I was like, all right, I'll interview for it. And that's really how I got started in true media. So true media, I was at a daily, actually a daily group of suburban daily newspapers and kind of the rest is history. Hold tight. We'll be back in a hot minute after this quick break for an announcement from On The Dot. It's our mission to empower women, and we want to make sure we're constantly evolving and improving to help you be the best boss babe you can be. Please take a moment to fill out our short survey so we can better understand your needs, because we're here for you. Visit onthedotwoman.com survey and give us that feedback. Did I mention there's a Consuela bag up for grabs? Your name will go in the running upon completion. Now let's get back to the conversation. Melinda, you founded Awesome Women Magazine back in the fall of 2002. Why don't you talk a little bit about how that idea came to you, what the inspiration was, and what factors played into, I really want to have a go at this. Well, interestingly, you know, and I think this happens to so many people you know, really was one of those things that I totally backed into. And I backed into it because of a super, super negative situation. So I had just moved to Austin. I got a job that was one of those jobs that's like really amazing on paper. Have you ever had one of those? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's pretty, isn't it? There's a good salary and all kinds. I mean, I was like, woohoo, this is awesome. And it truly like head spinning, craziest people, company. I was like, where did I land? You know, it was just, it was so not a fit. I didn't like them and they didn't like me. 
And fast forward eight months, I'm into this thing. And I'm like, I have got to get out of this. So I was out with a bunch of girlfriends, having a few glasses of wine, as you do, and lamenting about this, like, okay, I've got to get out of here. What am I going to do next? Kind of in that panic mode, like this is, you know, I've got to make a change. Well, one of my friends who I think, you know, Robin Campbell was sitting, was at that, you know, and she looks across, she goes, Hey, I just got back from Des Moines, Iowa. And I was like, seriously, Robin, we're going to talk about your trip to Des Moines, Iowa during my pity party. I don't think so. Like, what is this? I was like, no, please, by all means, tell us about Des Moines, Iowa. And she said, there was this really cool magazine there called Des Moines Woman. And you know, no one's talking about women in this town. And this is during the first tech boom in Austin. And it was, you know, the Statesman, the Business Journal, men, 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 men. And looked at me, she said, you've been in a newspaper, you have a media background, you should start this, you should do this. And I have to tell you, I can remember like it was yesterday. I'm actually getting goosebumps now. I mean, the hair stood up on the back of my neck. And I knew, I knew in that moment, that's what I was supposed to do. It was a God thing for me. It was one I had never thought about starting my own business. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't have entrepreneurs in my family. Entrepreneurship wasn't this cool, hip, sexy word that it is now. But I knew, I knew that's what I was supposed to do. And so the next morning I got up, took a few Advil, (laughs) (laughs) and started writing a business plan. And two weeks later, I quit my job. And seven months later, in September of 2002, we launched the first issue of Austin Woman. And we are going to be 17 in September. Wow. Yeah. So who was on the cover of your first Austin Woman magazine? Oh, Amy Miller Simmons, Amy's Ice Cream. She is the iconic sort of the symbol of Austin. You don't come to Austin without having an Amy's Ice Cream. And she's a fabulous role model and female businesswoman. She's really awesome. You went with your gut. And I think more people need to listen to that. I think a lot of people get afraid. But man, if you feel it in your gut, Got to at least try, right? (laughs) That's right. And I do think, you know, that we talk a lot about, you know, this confidence gap, especially with women. And I think that, look, I was as scared as anybody else, trust me. And there were so many times I was like, what am I doing? Not only did I have sort of a tribe of people around me in a close circle that were encouraging me, but I also, I, I wrote it down right? I had a plan and I kept looking back at it going, no, no, there is something to this. Because I think we can make up all kinds of stuff in our head, but if we really, you know, have something that we can go back to, I, I think that's, you know, helpful. I know there's sort of this debunking of the business plan and, you know, I'm not suggesting you have to write the Harvard business, you know, style plan if you don't want to, but there's something super powerful about writing down your idea so that in the middle of the night, when you wake up and go, what am I doing? All you have to do is pull out your plan and say, nope, you know, and I think that really can help give a lot of confidence, you know, to what you're doing and going forward. I agree with you, but you know, the best laid plans, there are always, and I'm sure you've had these happen along the way since 2002. I mean, failure stops a lot of people. They give up, they can't make it. You know, you see so many things start and a year later they're gone. So what are some of the obstacles you faced with your plan, starting Austin Woman and on the dot? And what did you do to overcome those? Oh, gosh, there are so, so many obstacles. I mean, I think that they were a little bit different with the two companies, and I'll explain that. And I'll explain how ironically some of them were the same. So I, when I started Austin Woman, I think there the, the biggest obstacles were just, I had no idea what I was doing. So this is going to actually really throw back. So I first thing I did is I went to a Barnes & Noble. And I went to their business book aisle 
and I pulled all these books and I sat on the floor and I still have this book. It's the first business book I bought was How to Start a Business in Texas. I mean, literally. I think when you look at those obstacles of like, wow, I have no idea how to do this. I certainly, you know, didn't have any peers who had done this. I had no clue. So I think that that's that first like obstacle, that mindset obstacle, like, okay, I'm learning all these things. How do I figure out how to do this? Um, and then certainly, you know, there were some obstacles. There were some naysayers along the way. Um, in fact, I actually had a young attorney who I was good friends with, a good guy who was doing all my initial business paperwork for Austin Woman. And he was so negative because I think he was nervous for me. And he kept telling me all about the stats of how many businesses fail, which I agree he had to advise me on that. But then he wouldn't stop. Like every time I talked to him, he kept telling me. And so finally, I fired him because I knew that if I kept listening to him, he would derail me. So I had to take charge. Another obstacle. And then of course, you know, so many, you know, throughout the years. But when you fast forward to On the Dot, which was really born out of this visceral realization that I had back up four years here, we have one running for president, the women's movement is revving up, you know, the marches are starting, and I'm really sort of studying this whole women's movement. Because of course, in Austin, we've been in this bubble, and especially me, you know, I have access to all kinds of amazing women and role models, and I don't have a lack of, right? And I really started studying what was happening with the movement. And we hear about the big things, you know, the inequality of pay, the lack of access to capital, you know, lack of access to networks, you know, all of those are very valid. Number one, lack of access to relatable role models. If you can't see it, you can't be it. And I just thought, well, that's just stupid. I can fix that. I mean, it's what I've been doing in Austin this time for 14 years. So I don't get it. Like, really? Nobody has this and these role models. And when I started really looking around, what we see in the media is, you know, movie stars. And, you know, look, I love Oprah as much as the next person. And she's so inspirational, but it's pretty hard to relate. You know, Sheryl Sandberg, Marissa Mayer, you know, I think that there are so many, but we only see those women that are so big. We don't see the person who maybe has taken our same path and is just a little bit ahead of us. And we need to be seeing those role models. And that's really where the concept of On the Dot was born, was really to provide an environment of abundance. Because the newsflash is, there are plenty of female role models out there doing amazing things. I mean, you know, we during a daily, like people are saying, how do you get the content? I'm like, are you kidding me? We need to do it 10 times a day, you know, really to make it. So I, I think that, that there's so many, and that's really what we set out to do with our mission. And in terms of overcoming obstacles, it's like, okay, so here I am a print magazine. Now, not only do I have to start another company, but we got to figure out it digitally and it's global now. I mean, it just came with a whole other set. And then add on to that another layer that I actually decided to raise money for On The Dot, which I bootstrapped Austin Woman. So that came with its own set of obstacles and challenges and need for me for role models. And how do I find these people who can help me, again, figure out how to do that? So and I think that that's the thing about entrepreneurship is that if there aren't any obstacles, you probably aren't pushing hard enough because every day things change and you have to innovate constantly and things are changing in the digital world so fast all the time. So, you know, overcoming obstacles in a weird way needs to become a positive, right? It needs to become this, hey, if I'm overcoming obstacles today, I know I'm actually making a movement forward because I'm leaping over those obstacles rather than sitting still, sort of doing the same thing over and over and getting behind. 
I agree. And one thing that I love about On the Dot, and I've edited your podcast and I've listened to every one of them, and you brought up Oprah and you brought up Sheryl Sandberg. A lot of times with women like that, we only see the end product. We don't see all the steps it took to get there. You know, one of my favorite books is by Malcolm Gladwell called Outliers, and it talks about how you have to put in either 10,000 hours or 10 years to be really good at something. And I think especially the younger millennial generation doesn't realize that. They think, oh, it's just so easy. And what I love about your podcast is you really dig in and show the steps and some of the things these women have overcome and they're still succeeding. And that's really inspirational. So that's one of the things I just wanted to throw out there that I love about the podcast is you see the steps, not just the finished product. That's right. All right, so both Us Women and On The Dot are centered around finding and showcasing those female role models you talked about. And I know you always emphasize finding your tribe. That is so important to Melinda. And you've got an awesome tribe who I know many of these wonderful women. And I'm sure it's helped you and one of the keys to your success. But who are some of your personal female role models, people you really admire? It's interesting because, of course, I always get asked this question I have over the years with Austin Woman, like, oh, well, what's your favorite cover? What are your your favorite covers? And it's always absolutely the hardest question to answer because I know I learned something from every one of them. And in so many ways, I mean, there are sort of, you know, the iconic, you know, Ann Richards, you know, who really, I mean, talk about overcoming obstacles and, and just what she done and what she stands for. I mean, Oprah, truly, I think she is amazing. So all of those people, I have those same role models, you know, I love, you know, Sheryl Sandberg and what she's done for, I mean, but I think that when I really kind of dial it back to on an everyday basis, it changes all the time. And I add to those role models, certainly the women in my tribe are absolutely role models to me. That core group and those people that I I go to for advice. But what I want to always remind people about role models is they don't have to be someone that you meet and you shake a hand with or you whatever. You can have thousands of role models. And that's really what we're trying to do with On The Dot is that you may say, oh, well, this is a woman in STEM today and I'm not in that field. So, you know, I'm probably not going to listen to that one or I'm not going to read that On The Dot. But I promise you, you will get something out of that because it's really more about, again, like you talked about the steps and being able to say, wow, so this woman was in this field and then she switched to this or that. And then sometimes you'll hear somebody, you're like, oh my gosh, they're my twin. They have exactly the same path as me. So I think you can take all of those. And so when I look at role models, when I look for role models, I look for that one little step where I'm like, aha, wait. I could do that. That's really interesting. And I maybe I take a little stone and I put that stone on my path. And then the next, I have another one. And pretty soon I have my own path made out of sort of this inspiration, these stones from all of these other role models. All right. Well, owning and running a magazine, and I've seen you in action, as well as your global online newsletter can really keep somebody busy. I don't know where you find the time, honestly, (laughs) but what motivates you? And I know I get up early in the morning and you've got to have that motivation to bring your A game every single day. What are your motivations, Melinda? Share a little of your secret sauce with us on that. Yes. Well, um, I mean, certainly my motivation is my family. I have a 12-year-old son and he is a self-proclaimed feminist and I love that about him. It really is meaningful that he gets what I do and he's proud of what I do. And that's super, super inspirational to me. Certainly, it's really the women. I mean, I I look at 
over the years, there's this incredible gift that I didn't even know that I would be able to have this gift and I would be able to have it over and over and over again when I started the magazine. But I'll be at an event and somebody will walk up to me and say, I read the story on fill in the blank and it changed my life. Or I read the story and I made a decision to do this. Or I didn't think I could start a business. But you know what? Now seeing this, we've had letters. I mean, it really is that impact. And to me, that's what it is. I just got an email the other day from someone who used to be a national Fox News anchor. And I had met her. I hadn't heard from her for a really long time. But you know, she's really savvy on the in media. Obviously, she had moved to this area. And she had just had a baby. So she's like, look, I've been kind of underwater for you know months and months and months. But I came out finally to get my nails done. And there was a copy of Austin Woman. And oh my gosh, she said it filled me. It, you know, and I thought, that's it, right? Who would not not get going, you know? That is so, so true. So are you ready to do, I know you've started doing this on your podcast, a speed round with us. I'll see if I'm ready. Melinda, what does your morning routine look like? Coffee, baby. Coffee. (laughs) Coffee and getting my son out, fed into the bus stop. And that's a lot of, hurry up, hurry up, brush your teeth, brush your teeth, hurry up, hurry up, brush your teeth. (laughs) Drink, 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 hurry up, brush your teeth. That's what it is. So what are you currently reading or listening to yourself? Mm. I actually just finished reading Educated, and I'm forgetting the author. It's her memoir. If you look it up, it's everywhere. It's a bestseller, and I was just blown away by it. Really amazing. Great books for summer reading. That's one I'll have to check out. What is the one thing you absolutely can't live without? Wine. I could live without coffee, not wine. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I like the way you think. And finally, what is the one piece of advice you would give your 10-year-old self? I think that I would tell my 10-year-old self to not take everything so personally, that everybody just really understanding, you know, looking back that everybody has something in their rear vision mirror, right? And I don't know what that is. It's like, what's in your rear view mirror? And I think that I've just learned that over time that to really understand that and not take things so personally. Yeah, that's an acquired skill. I know it's tough. And you probably agree with me. The older we get, the easier that is to do. It is what it is. Right. Well, Melinda, it's fun doing this and seeing you. Well, we'll have to do it some more. I really appreciate it. And to all the listeners out there, I just want to really express my gratitude for supporting us, for listening. We would love your feedback. We want to hear from you. You'd be surprised how many women get submitted to us and we feature them. So don't be afraid. Step up, submit yourself, submit your best friends, submit a woman and tell us about them. You can go to onthedotwoman.com. That's our website. We've got lots more great content, but I just want to thank you for being part of this incredible journey. And thank you, Carrie, because you make it all sound great and I appreciate it. Well, Melinda, thank you for all the opportunities you've given me and so many women. It's been an absolute pleasure interviewing you today. Thanks, Terry. Thanks for listening to On The Spot with Melinda Garvey's 50th episode special. And shout out to Terry for being a great guest host. To hear more from Terry, live stream the Chris and Terry Morning Show weekdays from 5 to 9 a.m. on 104star.com. And for more female empowerment, inspiration, and advice, subscribe to our free daily newsletter and audio brief, Four Minutes with On The Dot. Let us know your thoughts or what you want to hear next from at On The Dot Woman on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're here to help you become the best boss babe you were meant to be. 